History Nerds United. Hello, nerds. Welcome to History Nerds United podcast. I'm your head nerd, Brendan. Thank you for being here today. Our guest is Laurel from Hightailing Through History, history podcast that I personally love. Laurel does it with her sister, KT. And, well, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but they have a special way that they like to go about telling history. And I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm going to shut up. Let's talk to Laurel starting right now. All right. Welcoming to the podcast, Laurel from Hightailing Through History. Laurel, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is fantastic. So listen, let's let's get straight to it. Let's just jump right okay. into it. So every podcast has a thing, right? Mm. I'm kind of half an idiot. That's my thing. Please <laughs> explain your podcast to the listeners what your hook is. <laughs> well, it's me and my sister, and we get together each episode. And we like to say that we are gathering in the smoke circles. You know, like people are like gathering on a campfire, that kind of thing. We gather in what we call the smoke circle because we tell each of our stories high in some way. I'm, uh, we like to say I'm the resident stoner and my sister's the resident boozer. And so I partake in the cannabis <laughs> and my sister will typically have a drink of some sort, some sort of cocktail. And then we surprise each other with a story from history. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, but I have listened to enough episodes to know that it's not just like that. Sometimes you have a little wine Right. Sometimes you mix it up a little bit. This is true. My huge question here is I have enough stoner friends, right? Like I'm I'm not I was in the military. It was off limits for me. Yes. But how are your episodes not five hours long? Because I have enough stoner <laughs> friends to know that even with a boring <laughs> story, they will go on forever. Do you have to do a lot of editing or is it just you do it and you record it? There is a pretty solid amount of editing that goes into it, but I actually fully write out, you know, essentially a research paper for each episode. So I have everything fully written out, but I just try to use it like notes. So that way I'm not reading off my screen, but I have to have everything written down. Otherwise I'll be like, wait, what? Uh, uh." And I don't like that. You know, you know, sometimes, especially when you're listening to a show, you don't want somebody to wander off too much. So I keep it there to keep me, you know, on point. Yeah. <laughs> we still get through it. It's good. Yeah. No, it comes out great, right? Because the research clearly comes through, right? There's a lot of people trying to do the pageantry as opposed to the history, which is a personal pet peeve of mine. I, w- I want my history, give it to me, right? But what made you even start this? What made you say, there are not enough podcasts out there? I'm going to go do it. <laughs> There's certainly not millions of, or like a million plus podcasts out there, uh, particularly history ones where there's a bunch of those as well. I've always loved history. It was one of my favorite classes, that and lit class, not getting lit class, no, just literature, (laughs) that class. I've always loved the class. And for maybe about eight to 10 years now, I think I've been such a voracious consumer of podcasts. And I just was like, I would just really love to just chat with somebody else about history stuff. And now is your sister also a history nerd or did you just kind of drag her into this? A little bit of both. I, I've mentioned it a few times of how I kind of wanted to do this, but I didn't want to sound, it kind of feels like one of those things where everyone's like, oh, I'm starting a podcast now. I know. So it's like me and my friend, we're just riffing on stuff and, you know, pop culture, which is cool. But I was a little, I don't know, embarrassed or nervous to tell too many people, yeah, I kind of want to start a podcast without sounding, you know, cringe as, as the young kids say. And so I finally mentioned it one night and my sister was there and she's like, I would totally do that with you. I was like, I didn't even know that you liked history. <laughs> she goes, it's one of my favorite classes. I was like, okay, well then 
hop on board, but I'm letting you know, we're going to try and do it as best we can. And again, put it history first. Um, that's really important to me too, is that even though we have kind of this whole, you know, having drinks or, you know, having a smoke with it, the history is the priority. So now it begs the follow-up question when you had that conversation, was either of you high or drunk or both? It was definitely over. Yes. (laughs) Definitely over some drinks and maybe some edibles as well. But I I was like, I really just want to just do it and see what happens. And my sister was like, yeah, I'll do it. I said, okay, I'm letting you know, I'm, I'm actually serious. I'm saying this laughing <laughs> and trying to play it off. Like, Hey, we're having drinks. Isn't this fun? But no, I'm very serious about this. <laughs> I mean, it's very much like how I used to ask out women on dates, right? It's just like, Hey, would you, I, no, I was just kidding. You just said, no, I was just kidding. I wasn't really asking just in case you say no. <laughs> now. So the format is each of you has a story, right? And you go through it. Now I, I think the listeners, how do you decide who goes first? Basically, it's rock, paper, scissor. Well, I found out, I think within the first episode or two, that my sister actually has, I'm such a jerk. I'm such a mean big sister now that I'm saying this out loud. She actually has a little bit of um, anxiety around rock, paper, scissor. I'm not sure exactly where that stems from, but it was always the panic of just trying to, you know, make your hand into a shape and get the right shape and hopefully you win. And for whatever reason, she's like, oh gosh, this game stresses me out. As I'm saying, hey, I don't know, let's rock, paper, scissor for this. Like, <laughs> let's just figure out who goes first by uh, this little game. And um, so I tell her it's me trying to help her over her fear of rock, paper, scissor, but we've turned it into bottle leaf grinder. And so bottle stays the same. So you have a visual of what you're seeing now. So here's bottle and then leaf, that's paper that stays the same, <laughs> basically. And then, um, Grinder looks kind of like a little bear claw. <laughs> so two of the three symbols stay the same, which helps when you're a little bit inebriated. And then, you know, that's like our shtick with it. <laughs> so as the little brother, I have two older brothers. You didn't know your sister's favorite class was history. And then one of the first things you do when you get on the podcast is to just lean right into that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And she's like, oh, oh, no, I don't like uh, I was like, it'd be good for you. This is fine. <laughs> for any only children listening, <laughs> listening, this is par for the course. This is exactly how it works in every family with siblings. Um, you know, my daughter's an only child. So a lot of times she'd be like, I want a brother or sister. I'm like, mm, it's not as good as you think it is. She's like, I have, I'd have somebody to play with all the time. I'm like, you'd be fighting with them all the time. Like, haven't you seen brothers and sisters? But eh, that's the way she likes to think about it. Now, where do you find your topics? Do you have specific ways of doing it? Do you and KT make sure that you don't end up on the same thing or something that's too similar? Or do you just go to your corners, figure out something and come in completely blind? For the most part, we're coming in completely blind. We will typically ask each other at some point in the week leading up to recording, where does your story take you? Basically, like, you know, what country are you in or what time period are you in? If it's a little bit too similar, there's been times where we have a story where they both took place in Berlin, Germany. Hers was just after World War II and mine is Berlin Wall, like a little bit later. And we basically just dovetailed in time (laughs) from from one event to the next. But we did have a moment where I was like, does yours have anything to do with it? And she's like, no. And I said, "Okay, all right. So there's been a couple of times where we might get a little close, but it's fun when we kind of have a little tie in each week. 
you both will go on for, you know, 30 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer. That sounds like a lot of research. I mean, one of the wonderful things about my format is basically the person I'm talking to is the one that actually has to know what they're talking about. I just got to read a book <laughs> and write a few questions or listen to a podcast. So how long does that take you just for one topic to get your notes ready and be ready to go for an episode? Uh, for me, there's a, like the couple episodes the last couple episodes we've done, actually, um, I had Anime Wong and then previously I had Mad Jack Churchill. And those ones were topics I kind of decided on a little bit more last minute. And so I only had about two to four days to get notes done. I ideally like to read a, a book if I can. I try and get as much information as I can within that two week period. Uh, but there are some where I'm just trying to find good articles and journals and things like that to <laughs> get my research in within a few days. I try and spend a few hours, you know, during that time researching and, and writing every day that I get. So what I really appreciate about you is you really try and get it right. And you try to delineate between, hey, this is probably just a story just for funsies. And this is an actual like this is fact. We know this is fact, even if it sounds crazy, you know, and that takes some time. I mean, I just know for myself, just a lot of reading is uh, very often it'll be a big book, it'll be a popular book, and I'll be reading through it and I'll say, ooh, that doesn't seem right. But now you're going down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Now you're looking at three or four different things. Is there a particular rabbit hole that you've just gotten into that you're like, dear Lord, I'll never have the answer to this? And you just kind of throw your hands up? Oh, gosh, I'm sure I have. Uh, thank you so much for, for one thing, just for saying that, because I really do try and I really... <laughs> And that's, that's definitely my intent. So I'm glad that that comes through. I, I haven't gotten down too far of one yet where I'm like, I just don't even know where to go with this. I guess then as you've noticed, I will say, hey, multiple sources say equally, you know, on both sides, enough of this and enough of that. But there's not one side that seems to be, you know, quote unquote, more right. So I'm just going to tell you what they both are and I'll let the people figure out what it's going to be because no idea. otherwise. And I make it very clear. I am not a historian. I would love to be one. I will do this podcast until the Smithsonian calls me up and says, uh, hey, we'll stick you in a vault somewhere and you can put labels on boxes. And I'll be like, yes, I will take minimum wage for that. I will do it. <laughs> just stick me somewhere. Can I come to the ceremony? Right. Yeah. <laughs> just put me on the guest list. That's all I'm asking. I'll stand in the back with a tray of like champagne flutes. It's fine. I just want to be there. I knew her when Smithsonian. I knew her when. <laughs> now. Let me talk about what I deem the biggest pain in the ass, which you are just absolutely lapping me in social media for this stuff. I don't think people realize that, honestly, the actual podcast part, not hard at all. That's what I always thought was going to take up my time and do this and do that. But what I find is keeping up with the social media, staying on any sort of schedule is killer. And you've got reels going up, like you're doing a whole bunch of stuff that I don't, I don't even know what button to press. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Was that something that you do ahead of time or did you have to dive in? Like how much does that take up of your life? A pretty solid amount. Honestly, the, those times when I would normally be writing for an episode, I'm spending those couple of hours doing a reel those days. Like actually today I'm still wearing exactly what I did my reel in the <laughs> earlier. Um, I, pretty much when they go up, I have just researched them just 
recorded it and then put it up. I'm, I don't really have like a whole folder of drafts that, I'll, you know, a lot of other social media people have. I'm uh, like, yep, I got that done and send it out to the world. But I really, really do love it. It's a lot of fun. It's my way to be able to be creative and interact with people and just kind of make history more real for people. No pun intended there. I kind of hate myself for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're keeping that in. Like, you can take that out if you want. If you want. That's trying fine. not to be crazy, but we're just going <laughs> to lean right into it. All right. Now, this is a bit sacrilegious, right? You're up to, I think, 33 episodes? 34. 34. Do you have a favorite so far? I have a few favorites. And honestly, they're the ones that I do get to read a book for. They're also the longest episodes I have, too, because I'm basically just like, Although I try not to, I feel like I'm retelling the book again, the story, because I'm just like, you know, this book was great. Like I'm get to tell it to all the, the fine folks out there. Let's see, my favorite episode. The few that come to mind were episode two, which is the, the Feather Heist. And it was from the book, The Feather Thief. And that was actually our all around most favorite episode, like favorite listener episode. And then the Tunnel 29 episode, which I did from the book, but it's basically the very first major escape under the Berlin Wall, which was fascinating. Love that book. Yeah. And it's a podcast of itself. Too. It is. Yeah. So there's been a couple of books where I started reading them. And then I found out literally just as I started reading them, they've just released a podcast series, which has been fantastic. For Tunnel 29, that was the case. And then um, Bad Women, which was what I did the, um, the five victims of Jack the Ripper on for a Halloween special. That one's a really long episode. One of my personal favorites, because one of my favorite books, and it's probably been out once, is um, The Five. Yes. Listeners, you can't see, but she lit up. You can't see her, but she lit up when I said <laughs> like it. That's the one. Yeah, sorry. The Five was the book I read, and then Bad Women was the podcast. I got that backwards. But So do you think that there's that connection, right? If you have a really good book, does that make for an even better podcast after that there's just that connection and you're kind of steeped in the details as opposed to, you know... A lot of times, if you're looking for something that doesn't have a, a book against it, mm -hmm. you're jumping through a lot of different hoops. You're looking in a lot of different places where it's just pieces that you're trying to pull together. Do you think it just helps when there's at least one book that you can kind of start from and give you that starting point? I do. Yeah, I it, I try to, as well as I'm going through one author's, you know, retelling of somebody's story or event here. I also will try to look at different articles online or whatever, just to kind of compare and see like, okay, what are some, maybe some different aspects that I can kind of hear besides just the author's voice and have just, you know, the author's story in there. But um, yeah, I, I, I love that. I feel like I'm much more immersed in the story. I get much more excited about, it, I feel like even, you know, I love all the topics I do, of course, but when I'm doing one that I can read a book for, it's like, I'm like, oh, let me just, let me just tell you all about this, this book I just read. So, and that's why I especially love with your social media is that you are posting and your podcast as well too, is that you're posting books and I'm like liking them, but then I'm also adding them to my library list as well too. And <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to add that one in there. See if I can make a story out of that. It's good. It's very clear in my reviews what I like and what I don't. And in fact, if I don't like a book, I'm not going to flame it because people put a lot of effort into it. And sometimes it's just some people just can't write something interesting or maybe the subject isn't interesting. Mm -hmm. There's been a few that have pissed me off and I felt like people needed to know. But, you know, books are 
for nerds, let me get cringe. Books are kind of like just sacred to us, right? Because mm. it has all of this information and somebody has taken the time to present it all in one spot. Mm-hmm. And it takes, especially talking to all of these authors about how much time it's taken them to do research, where they're going and things like they're flying around the world and locking themselves in basements to get to these weird little pieces that may only be a two sentences in a book. Mm-hmm. And that's my cringe statement. So I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> No, that was that was wonderful because it's true. That's what I mean, the amount of work that somebody's going into. I mean, that's the thing, especially when you're reading a book that is nonfiction. A lot of times you'll see all those footnotes and then you have like a huge section in the back. That's all the uh, the references. And you, you're going through like tens of pages of all the references and stuff. And you just think, wow, you're having to go through all that material, you know, to to get what you need from it. And then you have to use your voice and your creativity to create a product out of that. I have like full love and respect for authors that put the time into to doing that. I love putting the time into reading it. <laughs> most times, most times. <laughs> yeah, the thought of actually writing a book sounds absolutely exhausting mm-hmm. to me. I just, I just don't know if I have the focus for it to to do that right. And then talking about really their process and what they have to think about because again, it's just kind of like a podcast. Like jumping on here, this is super easy. We're just talking, and then it'll be done. And you know, um, my producer is going to do this and do that and everything. And then we're there. But then it's basically everything after that, right? Getting all the social media ready, making sure you're contacting people and you're kind of keeping all the content coming in and going out. And then uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And then, oh, it didn't post right. Oh, I need a picture for this. Oh, am I allowed to use this picture or is that copyrighted? It's all of those little things that it's just like anything else in life, right? The fun stuff is usually about 10%. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other 90% you have to deal with for the fun. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And uh, yeah, I think what keeps you going through the, the hard stuff, at least for me, is the good stuff. You know, you, you're like, okay, it's, knowing that finish line is there and you can be like, okay, this sucks right now. I've got to sit and edit this and listen to the same, you know, five sentences in a row and just kind of make sure that they match up or, you know, if I breathed weird <laughs> at some point, you know, cutting things out like that. And then you're like, but when I put this out, it's going to be good. And hopefully people will love it. Because otherwise, yeah, you are just kind of like podcasting, at least you're speaking into the void and just like, okay, here we go. Let's put this out there. <laughs> I'm sure it's nice having your sister there who's almost like, you're almost like comedians, right? You can get that instant, right? Oh, really? Like, that's that's good. And I mean, for me, it's talking to an author and the best feeling is when they say, oh, I'm glad you picked up on that. It's like getting a pat on the head, like, oh, I did do good. I did read that well. And then you have Katie to be like, I've, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. And going through that, it's 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 a shot of adrenaline, right? That like, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't totally suck at this. It's nice to have that. Yeah. I'm telling a good story for somebody. And I think really that's what I I hope it to be is that people feel like they are coming and hanging out with us, hanging out with a couple of friends, chilling out, having, you know, a a cocktail or a smoke or a cup of tea or a glass of water. (laughs) You know, we, we say you don't have to enjoy the illicit stuff to, you know, enjoy the podcast. You know, we, we hope that they just come and just feel like they get to hang out with friends and get a story, like a good story and go, wow, I never knew that. Wow, that's exciting. Or how interesting that is. Or, oh, I want to learn more about that. And I can go and read a book on it now, or I can go listen to 
this podcast or watch that movie or, you know, whatever it is that can be a jumping off point for people to learn more and realize, hey, I actually do like history. And it wasn't a boring class. You know, it's not, <laughs> I, I'm not so bored by history as I thought I was like in school, which I think is the case for a lot of people. Oh, they ruined it for us. My mother was a history teacher, so technically she ruined Although I am the way I am because, of course, she kind of pounded a lot of stuff into my head. <laughs> Is there anything you won't touch subject-wise or history-wise for the podcast? Because we want to be like hanging out with friends and keep it kind of chill and happy. Um, there are some things that I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um We won't do contemporary politics. It's just not worth it in today's day and age. Mm -hmm. Things like that. There's there's some like I did an episode on the history of modern conspiracy theories. And we talked about like the psychology of conspiracy theories and where that comes from. And then, you know, then did kind of like where modern conspiracy theories come from, like a couple of older ones where that kind of was the, the root for a lot of other future ones. And then I did a series uh, on social media about different um, conspiracy theories. And there were a couple of things where I was like, you know, like Pizzagate or um, like anti-vaccine or you know, some things that were like real hot button topics. I was like, I don't want to like go there and like get people fighting <laughs> one way or another. If it has to do with like kids getting hurt, things like that. Like I was like, oh, I just don't want it to be, you know, an issue for anybody. But um but yeah, so there, yeah, there's a few topics we won't do. There's some things I'll kind of mention it in an episode, skate past it. And then I always like to acknowledge that and say, look, I'm not skating past this because I'm trying to minimize the impact of it. But just want to let you know, I'm going to focus the story on this person or on this event. But this also happened. <laughs> kind of thing. It's a double edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to do anything to bring out trolls. At the same time, if the trolls are coming out, it means that you're being successful. Yes. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, but I don't want to spend more time dealing with them. This is already takes up enough of my time. I do have a day job after all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, I get, what I guess I'm saying is it's very hard being us, right? Yeah. Just it's very difficult. Obviously, there isn't anything bigger in the world going on right now. <laughs> that we should feel sorry for ourselves. That sarcasm. Yep. When it's all said and done, what's the best part for you? Beginning to end, what is the best part that you look forward to every time? I really enjoy the research. I really enjoy learning something new because I've got enough topics that can last me for the next few years of of content, (laughs) which I love. I love being able to add something to that list and be like, yeah, just going down that list and being like, you know what? I'm going to do that story. And sometimes it's literally just kind of like closing my eyes and being like, yep, that thing. I'll try and stick with something that's like we have June coming up. So I'll, I'm going to focus my stories in June uh, more on LGBTQ plus community and, you know, kind of focus there a little bit more like I did anime Wong for Asian American Heritage Month. And not that, of course, those stories stay during those. I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, you know, Stay in those periods like, oh, you know, you're you're queer. So you can only have a story in June. You know, I want to just highlight those stories more during those certain times of the year. But, um, you know, I think those stories, because we, we try and do less heard of or less known stories, those marginalized voices are the, the stories that are less known and less heard about, but they're so cool. There's so many cool stories. And I just think it's so fascinating to just be like, I've never heard of this person before and I don't know their story very well. So boom, that's the person I'm going to do and go from there. 
Are you the same way as me? Maybe this is just one of my weird things. If I read a book, for instance, on World War II, I cannot then read another book on World War II. I have to jump time periods. I can't do back to back. I'm sure for some people it'd be like, oh no, you want to like immerse yourself. But no, 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 no. I did one. I got to jump somewhere else and kind of refresh. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah. I, I Okay. I've, not just me. Okay. <laughs> It'll kind of be like, well, what did I do last week? Okay, well, I did a person. You know, I've done a few person or people in my last few episodes. Let's do an event. Okay, let's do an event. And I'll try and go somewhere else in the world or somewhere else in time. And then, you know, if I've done a few stories on, you know, on men, I'm like, oh, got to make sure I get my ladies in here. <laughs> so I try and just mix it up. Whatever I did last, I kind of want to go different from the next time. It's like a confetti of, of history. You know, I get all the different... <laughs> different stories and different times and places. Well, you, as you said, there are so many stories, right? And we're two uber history nerds talking, but I'll pick up a book and I'll read this ridiculous story that if Hollywood wrote it, no one would believe it. They'd say that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And you'll read it and you go, how did I not know this? Like I consider myself a history person, but I read this and I go, I've never, I'll always remember the one that hit me the hardest was an author by the name of Gary Christ, who's fantastic. I love every single one of his books. And it was called The White Cascade. And it was about this train derailment near Seattle. And it was the most deadliest train derailment in U.S. history. They were on the side of a mountain. They got stuck there because of snow and an avalanche comes and just wipes it off the mountain. And it's the deadliest, you know, train disaster in history, or at least, you know, avalanche and all that stuff. And I'd never heard about it in my entire life. And I mm -hmm. do like disaster genres, just like understanding those things and everything like that. But it was just a one small example of no one's heard of the Wellington train disaster. It, it's completely new. And you read it and you go, how is this not a footnote somewhere that I've come across when I read this much history? Mm -hmm. I have that too. And I feel like I have it all the time. With and, that's, and I feel like that's been a really nice thing with social media is, and while there's some stuff that's maybe not accurate or whatever, you know, this sort of hashtag, like weird history, crazy history, you know, whatever it might be, you'll find stuff pop up all the time. Like that's actually how I first heard about Mad Jack Churchill was they're like, here's this guy. He played his bagpipes and went into battle carrying his broadsword. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and that was like a meme that I saw. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. And then you look and I'm like, that's a real person. How amazing. And because what I do for for a lot of my content is I get the history.com and then on this day.com, they send out daily emails that are like, this happened today in history. And what I try to do is I try to read it at least like a day or two ahead of time. So I can be like, oh, I like that story. Oh, I could do something with that. And um, but I feel like I've recently saw on one of those emails where they said this happened. It was, the, it's, you know, since been the worst train disaster in U.S. history. And I nearly did a story on that. But I was like, uh, or did a reel on it. I highly, highly recommend that book. It's like a thriller. This is one of those, Gary Chris has written a few, and um, his last few books have been basically focused on particular cities and then two or three people within the city, how they were there in the city at a particular time. One of them was New Orleans, one of them's L.A., um, one of them Chicago, as an Illinois girl. Mm -hmm. Chicago's my closest city here. He writes it like a thriller, like you know what's going to happen, but he ratchets up just every single page to the point where you're kind of like, Dear God, I'm going to lose my mind unless this avalanche hits because it's just it's it's claustrophobic. It's uh -oh. stressful. My anxiety is high. <laughs> but it's a fantastic book. But it is one of those things that you'll see as a meme or just a quick thing here. Although I will say and you kind of got to this. 
I hate it when they're completely wrong, when they're just complete BS. Like, I don't mind if it's like, oh, you said 1910, it was 1911. That's fine. But you'll say something, you're like, that's not a thing. That was just something somebody said, Mm -hmm. and now I had to research it, and now I'm angry online, and I'm not going to respond because there's no point in that. But, oh, man, that ticks me off. Yeah, I feel that deeply. And, and yeah, and I inevitably always have to go back and look it up and just make sure that it is actually something because I don't want to perpetuate bad information. It's really important to me not to do that as best I can. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up because I, oh, what's the author's name? Is it Eric Larson? I think his name is. He does nonfiction history books, but written like fiction like that. Mm-hmm. He's done Devil in the White City and, and the Garden of Beasts. Isaac Storm. Isaac Storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the worst part of podcasting? What do you dread every time? I think it's the editing. I did actually get some of that emailed me uh, last night or this morning. And they're like, hey, would you like to outsource your editing? And I was like, my fingers want to say yes right now and type, <laughs> and type back yes. Your wallet does not, though, <laughs> But does my it? wallet does not. Nope. Until uh, that sweet, sweet sponsorship money wants to flow in. Uh, this, is, this is a one lady operation here with um, all the background. So, which is fine. I, I, I'm a little bit of a control freak. so. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. So I'm not really great at giving jobs to other people and outsourcing things because I'm like, I know how I want things to sound. So I'll just stick to my editing. But that is the thing that is probably my least favorite to do. I just dragged my best friend of 25 years into it and, you know, just gave him the hard sell. He went for it. And now he's stuck with that part. It's fantastic. I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to do an intro and outro. I'm just going to send it to him. And he's... I, listen, don't tell him. He's very good at this because I sound like an idiot 90% of the time and he just cuts it all up so that I seem halfway intelligent. It works out great for me. And then he's got to deal with it. And that's his nerdery, right? Like ours yeah. is history. His is like, I want to make this sound awesome. And he does. And it, it and really does. Re- yeah. He's going to listen to this and there's going to be no living with him after this. <laughs> I second that. It, no, it does. It sounds really, really good that I listen to other people's podcasts. And I go, how do you, how do you get, get that nice, full, rich sound? How do you, how do you sound like that? Or, Ooh, that was a nice transition or Ooh, that music, you know, you listen to things with a different ear when you have your own podcast. And I just think like, wow, nice job. But yeah, it does sound very good. So is it, is it Mike that does your. Yes, Mike. Mike's doing a great job. And I hope he hears that. I know he's going to hear it because. Yeah. He's going to edit. Let's it. not say anything else again. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <sighs> All right. So, hightailing through history, you did it. It's it's out there. And you really I I want to just come full circle on this. You've kind of already said it. There are tons of people out there who hate history. They remember it from grade school. They remember sitting there and going, "Oh, George Washington the apple tree again. Here we go." Yes, we know Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. Why do people need to give history a second chance? Why should they listen to the podcast? Why should they read these books? Why are you doing what you're doing? At the end of the day, it's a it's a story, right? It's somebody's experience in history. It's somebody's um, incredible life or cool things that they did. And I really think history can be boiled down more to, in its essence, down to a story as opposed to names and dates, which is what everybody says that they're, they don't like about history. Like, oh, well, I was in school. I had to memorize all the, the names, the dates, and the, you know, I had to do all the vocab stuff at the end of the chapter. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, to, to get the grade in the book, you know, that's what a lot of curriculum has to be sometimes is 
listing out and regurgitating names and dates. But everyone who hears history as a story, they're like, oh my God, I had no idea this happened. I mean, so many historical movies are very popular. We did Argo as one of our stories. The movie is pretty much exactly the same as what actually happened as like as it is in the book. The ending's a little different, a little Hollywoodized, but it's such an amazing story. And but people might have like maybe brushed off because they're like, ah, it's history. You know, Operation Mincemeat was recently on Netflix. And so many people are like, this is really great. I had no idea this actually happened. What a crazy story. Is this even real? Is this a real thing? Is this a real story? And that was like all over the internet. And it's like, yeah, it's, there's so many cool stories and like storytelling that I feel like if people get introduced to it and they can get the humanity from it as well too, and kind of be able to feel like they can put themselves in the shoes or the place of that time and they can go, oh, wow, it's, that's actually really cool. I enjoy history a lot more than I ever thought I did. You know, that kind of thing. That's what I want people to, to get of it. I want to win over all the non-history lovers out there. That's really what my mission is. <laughs> hey, you, you hate history? Come on over here. I gotcha. Come on over. But uh, yeah. And so that's what we do with the reels is like, you know, I put it out there and obviously people outside of the history community is going to see it. You know, I, I say like, I don't really take myself too seriously, but I take the topic or the the history itself seriously. But, you know, I kind of put myself out there like a goof, you know, I've, I've got the energy of a golden retriever where I'm just like, hey, hi, let's, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully people go, oh, that's kind of cool. Or like, that's a really neat thing I never learned. And then all the the young people of TikTok and Instagram can maybe enjoy history a little bit more than they did from school. You say TikTok and my anxiety shoots right through. Oh man, I just got on TikTok. I've been putting it off for the longest time. And then I just thought, you know, with the kind of content we're putting out, I should probably get on there. But it's like, uh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I'm just stepping in slow. Uh, the kids don't want to see me. They don't want anything <laughs> to do with this. It's Honestly, fine. they probably don't want to see me either. They're like, ew, cringe. How old are you? Ew. You actually care about stuff, dork. <laughs> All right. Hightailing through history. I highly recommend everybody, you know, grab a glass, grab a blunt, whatever it is, as long as it's legal, everybody, mm -hmm. as long as it's legal for you. Laurel, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's it for this episode. Laurel, thank you so much for coming on Hightailing Through History. Everybody head on out there. Listen to it. You'll have a lot of fun with it. Both the ladies are hilarious and they get really, really deep into history in a very interesting way. As for us, reach out to us. Find us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, listen to the podcast, listen to the old episodes, listen to episodes two or three times, why not? Leave comments, leave ratings, leave reviews, we'd love to hear from you nerds. Until next time, bye. Bye.